Hello, my name is Océane. I come from Martinia and you are listening to Radio Carom. <laughs> Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest Jay Rosemarie is a divorced mum of three sons. She's the creator of two podcasts, Solo Mums and Talk and Tools for, of the Podcast Trade. She began her broadcast journey in 2014 when she started an online radio station to encourage single mums to find the answers to their questions. She considers herself a mindset maven who believes mindset is everything and things only happen when you have the courage to believe. Yeah, she's right there. One example is when she drove 900 miles with her kids and all their belongings packed into a Toyota Camry to accept a two-week job and didn't even know where they were going to live. She has dealt with the sacrifices and fortitudes that it takes to raise three sons on your own, having multiple careers and jobs, dealing with being homeless, traveling across several states to work, and she is here with us today to tell us what it means to have the courage to believe and just do. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Jay Rosemarie. How are you? I'm good, Claire. Thank you for having me. No, welcome. I can't wait to talk to you. So look, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you've got to where you have, because like, you're a little bit crazy to be driving 900 miles with your kids in the car <laughs> to a job, right? Like, but if that's what you've got to do as a single parent, that's what you've got to yes. do, isn't it? You've got to do yeah. what you've got to do. So tell us a bit about your background, but Tell us a bit about who So I'm going to do a quick and dirty overall first, and then, you know, you can ask me questions for details. We like <laughs> quick and dirty here. So I was born in Jamaica. <laughs> I was raised by my granddad. My dad died when I was about 12, and uh, I, was I was shipped off to England to live with my mom. And uh, I was an early teen and, you know, taking on a new mom and... I couldn't stand it. So I left. I got married at 20, moved to Canada, got divorced. Had a kid, got divorced, moved to the US. Um, married again, had two more kids. That husband walked out when my two youngest were two and four. And I, wow. yeah. I didn't hear from him for two years. Uh, I haven't seen him in 20 something years, 25, 26 years. Yeah. Oh my God. It that was must have been hard. I was fairly new to the US. I was just, you know, finding my sea legs, so to speak. And then, you know, I was left with these two little babies to raise. I didn't know anything. I really didn't know about anything about raising children, even though I had one. Uh, nobody raised me. So I, was like, I don't think any of us you know, does. 
<laughs> I don't think any of us does. Even like, even even if you've been raised by like in, in a what I would call a standard mm-hmm. family, right, where you got mum and dad and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, nobody knows. None of us no, kids come with a blueprint, no. do we? So like, mm-hmm. nobody knows. Wow. And I suppose because he just walked out, no child support, no money coming in. No, so yeah. all the onus was on you. To basically yes. look after these three kids, feed them, clothe them, make mm-hmm. sure they've got a house over their head, and all yeah, of that so, stuff. Oh my God! How so, did you go? Um, fortunately, my oldest was still in Canada with his dad. Um, so yeah, so you know, I wanted to make sure that you know the truth there. Um, but it was a hard thing, you know. I was in insurance. I started an insurance agency in my home. You know, I was good at sales. So I, I did it and I thought that, you know, it would be nice to just be home with my kids, you know, because the first time I took my the, the middle one to daycare, he cried all day. <laughs> I, I mean, all day. Wow. I dropped him off at eight. He's and how old is he now? now. No, like, he's 29 yes, well, now. loves hearing Sorry. that, mum. <laughs> Keep me oh. So I bet you he yeah, loves yeah. hearing that. So, Um, so I decided I wanted to stay home with them and insurance was the perfect thing, you know, but then, um, the, the agency stuff would have taken a lot more, you know, with two young kids and new to the country, it was very difficult. And so I switched to real estate and I switched to real estate was really good. I mean, it's sales, it's all sales. It's, you know, um, (laughs) And a year into my real estate career, the financial markets crashed. Oh, yeah. Wow. So was that 2008? It was 2006 that I started. And it it started to crash at the end of 2006, 2007. Yeah. So um, here I was still trying to find my legs and, you know, there was nothing. There was no work where I was, you know, and and this was this was scary. This was scary stuff. And yeah. unfortunately, I had decided that I couldn't manage my kids alone. And another husband came into the picture and uh, we were going through my third divorce. So all of that was happening at the same time. Wow. And I I was trained as a secretary. I never worked as a secretary, but I, I was trained. And it was like something said to me, why don't you just apply for that? Because, you know, that's easy. Somebody always needs a secretary. So I said, okay, I'll do it. But I did it in New York, right? I, I applied for it in New York because wow. there were no jobs where I was. I tried Florida. I just tried different places. I didn't want to go to New York, but, you know, and. Well, you have to go where the work is, don't you? If you've got yeah, kids relying on you. you and you can get, yeah, you can get a yeah. job in another state or whatever. Well, yeah. you, you've got to go. So anyway, um, after I, 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 don't, I won't get into too much of the story about how, because it's, it's too long and involved, but um, I got a job. I went to New York for the interview, got a job a three-day job (laughs) and the second day they told me 
we we want to keep you for another two weeks um so can you come in so i'm like 900 miles away from home my kids are not living there and they don't know that i'm i'm not living in new york right so so i told i said it was another single mom too it was really strange I said, you know what? I don't live here. I don't even know if I can come back tomorrow, let alone Monday. And she said, you know what? I like your work. And I think if you can go home and, and sort through stuff and come back on Monday, you can leave today and you don't have to come in the third day, which is the next day, right? Oh my God. <laughs> so long story short, I went home, packed everything up, gave away all my stuff and drove with my two kids yanked them out of school didn't even know where i was gonna live um <laughs> and um connections and the fact that I, I always kept in touch with people i end up with a room and you know with my two boys on a double bed for four months that's how i slept and you know that's how i ended up in new york and i ended up i left from a basement to working on wall street wow phds and you know all kind of nice people so it's <laughs> nuts so it's worth well, it yeah no definitely mm -hmm. definitely so like yeah wow that just seems insane so like how did you go then from being a secretary living in a room for four months to then working on wall street and like or being on wall street and like doing how did you like because some people would move into a room with their two kids and would do the secretary and get depressed and down and like that's it that's all they do or that doesn't work out and they just go well, I'm going go back to where I came from then or whatever. Um, and it's just depressing. It's oppressive and depressing. And how do you pull yourself out of that? So, <laughs> well, so the job, the, the three day job was on yeah. Wall Street, right? I walked into this place and, you know, for this job and I went back, like I said, I packed my stuff and went back, stayed two weeks. I'm, before the two weeks was up, the manager came to me and said, you know, I like, I, I, we like what we see and we'd like to talk to you about offering you a permanent job if you're interested, right? And I got the job, I negotiated my pay, you know, everything, you know, just, just and, and everything. This is, and this is just and, with you in those two weeks, just going above and beyond what they were expecting, you know, and like just working your ass off for two weeks just to prove that you deserve to stay and have a job and, and for them to offer you a job. Did you expect to get a job out of the two weeks work or? I didn't know what was I, what I expected. Um, I was telling somebody the other day that, cause they were asking me, how did you, how did you, yeah. how did you, and I'm thinking to myself, I didn't do any of it. It was like I was on autopilot wow. and I kept saying yes to everything. And, and 
So I wasn't even, I couldn't even see beyond the next day. I was worried about my kids because they were, they were, you know, they were young, young boys, preteens, and they were in a strange city, locked in a house, in a room full of roaches, in a strange uh. city, two hours away from where I worked. And uh, I suppose, right? Oh, two hours from where you worked. <laughs> two hours on the bus, on the train. Oh and my the God. Other bus and, yeah. So I had all that thinking about while I was going through a divorce and this new job. And I mean, I had no money, you know, I was just working day to day and making sure my kids yeah. eat. And that but the person who rented us the room was uh, a real um, a mortgage broker, somebody I worked with as a realtor. And I asked him how much the room was. He said, don't worry about it. You know, and then later he told me 150 a week, but he never collected any money Thank from God me. for that. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, that was the only saving grace is that. So I didn't really, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting yeah. anything. I was just going through the motion. Yeah. But the way I work at everything I do, I've always been like this, is to do the best I can because I feel that when I don't, it reflects on yeah. me. And so I, I am a firm believer in you are you in. Yeah. And if I don't take care of, if I am not a good business, I'm going to go bankrupt. And so I've, I've always, no matter who it is I'm serving, you know, I serve them to the utmost. As a matter of fact, I always look at it that, you know, my boss is God. Well, <laughs> my boss is yeah. Jesus. So and and if you're not, if you're pleasing Jesus, it really doesn't matter what yeah. you're doing, yeah. you know. So, so that's, that was my, you know, frame of mind, you know, and about 17 months after I got the job, I was laid off. Wow. I was laid off. <laughs> I was laid off with, with full severance package and, but I was only laid off for three months. I was back in another department three months later. I stayed at I stayed there and then I moved to another department. I was with the same company. Everything was with the same company. Stayed there for about 13 and a half years. Wow. Oh my gosh. And so and I, I was And so you got the kids sort of settled into schools and all of those sort of things. But that and it, it was that initial mm -hmm. like, right, we're gonna go and do this two-week job, and then it just like escalated into so much yeah. more which but then yeah but then you're working and then you go and get go to back to school and get qualifications as well yeah i went back to school yeah yeah, yeah i was working all day then went to school at night yeah nuts nuts nuts, nuts. and so mm -hmm. well you have a podcast the same as i do don't you you've got a you've got a podcast um that was solo mums um talk and tools you know of the podcast trade I said well you've got two podcasts I mean, so I have two, I was gonna say, I have two you've podcasts, got two podcasts yeah. sorry god <laughs> getting confused in my own situation <laughs> so okay so so that so you've left work now yeah or were you doing the podcast yeah, while you were I working am. and studying and looking after the kids I mean the kids are old I started, I stopped studying. I started the podcast, uh, three, a year before I, I left wow. work. Um, yeah, but, but work was one of those things that I felt that I was at the end of, you know, it was time for me to move on. 
And yeah, and this podcast was burning a hole in my heart. So, I, so you know, I know. I uh, I, left. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's it's just very bizarre. Like, yeah, it's very bizarre how I like I listen to podcasts and then I had an epiphany to do one, and it's just like what. But yeah, so okay. What was your greatest, like, what was the greatest challenge? Like, just moving the kids and going all that distance. What was your greatest challenge that you've had over that? Because three divorces, three kids. What happened to kid number one? He was with his dad. Did he stay with his dad? So he was with his dad um, until I moved, until I, until the second husband left. Then he came and stayed with me. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he he finally joined me. Um, I think the biggest struggle was <laughs> trying to, you know, when I was younger and I would get a job and I would get harassed, I would just get up and walk. I had no trouble finding a job. And, you know, somebody was too hard because, because I, like I said, I always did my best. So if you're harassing me, you have problems and I'm not interested. And so I would just get up and walk. And I when I when I had this this last part of my job, I had somebody there who to, his job was to harass me. And wow. and it seemed like this guy targeted single moms. And I I mean, I cried. I fretted, I couldn't sleep at night. And then my kids were getting into their early teens. I had them in a private school, but there was a public high school close by with the gangs who were targeting the kids in a private school. So I had to deal with some bozo on my job, you know, who don't have any self-esteem, was harassing me. And every time my phone rang and I noticed it was my kid, my heart would jump out of my, my, you know, because I'm wondering what is, what is going on? What happened? You know? So I think that was my biggest struggle is that, you know, I had to balance keeping my job because I really didn't want to, I didn't want to be bothered with, with, with other people. My, my, my MO was to run when trouble hit. And I realized I couldn't run. I had to, I had to stay because my kids needed me. So yeah, I think no. And, and, well, and I was going to say, <laughs> bringing up two, bringing up two kids in New York, like, and I'm like, I'm from the UK and Australia, but we are like, what I've heard about New York and like bringing up kids in New York City is like crazy. Like it's a big city. Mm -hmm. Like it's bigger than the cities we have over here, mm -hmm. and the issues and problems that you've got. And how do you? How did you bring up your kids and keep them out of trouble and like keep them on the straight and narrow? Church, um, church. Oh, my, my, I, well. my youngest especially was having a hard time with these gangs, and I took him to church to a minister with a youth minister, and I told him that this my son was just not handling life because of all this harassment and he took my son under his wings he had another he had a son about the same age as my son and he took my son and mentored him he treated him just like he treated his own boy and and i mean in every way if my son yeah. was being a bozo he would you know 
you know, yell and scream at him. He was an attorney who worked in the youth court. So he saw, he saw the devastation that happened with kids in the system. And he, he just frightened my, my son away from, no, don't even think about it. So I was fortunate. My, my, my other kid, my second kid was like, he was a homeboy. He stayed home, just wanted to be home, you know, hang out with mommy. So, and what do your kids do nowadays? What is, what is it? Because I think, haven't you got, oh, I've got to get this right. No, you got he's, one in, he's Europe? in Atlanta. So that's my oldest boy. He's married now. He has two daughters and one on the way. So I'm a grandmama. And the youngest is, his thing is dogs. He loves dogs. So he has four or five of them. So he's just, you know, hanging out with that. Oh my, my god. My middle son is working and he's studying coding or internet security or something like that. So he's he's doing his thing. So they're they're doing what they want to do here and and they're healthy, which is all a mom can ask for and they stay out of trouble. Healthy <laughs> and, then, and ha- yeah, yeah no healthy mama, and happy. Baby mama drama, thank God. <laughs> Oh my God. No, I know. I know. So look, how did you keep sane doing all of this though? Cause like being bullied at work and I've been there, I know what it's like. It's horrendous. It really can. Well, it like, to me, it's like losing your mind being bullied at work because you just, you've got all these things to think about at home and trying to keep it on the level pegging for your kid. Uh, and all the trials and tribulations that goes on with them and they're bullying at school and all, you know, education and all of that stuff. But then you have to go to work and deal with the bullies at work and you also want to make some money so you're not blooming poor and living mm-hmm. hand to mouth as such. Like, how did you keep, how did you keep saying? Um, so I, I did, like I said, I, I joined the church I am a firm believer in prayer, but I also started to take care of myself. And that didn't come by by me just thinking I'm going to do that. I was running for the bus one day. I was running to catch a bus one day, something I never do. And my legs decided they weren't going to move. And I realized that I, w- well, I wasn't sleeping and I was just, I wasn't, ta- I was working 12 hour days and I was just coughing my lunch at my desk and just going back to my keyboard. So I was doing that for years, just, you know, not taking care of myself. And so I. And you go well, through yeah. burnout, don't you? Yeah. You burn out my, if you body continue quit. To do that. my body it's said, nuts. no, girl, you got to do something else before you can get me to move. So I, I found my feet and started to walk. And I found all the nice parks in New York City and walked my butt off. I mean, I've walked up to seven miles, 28,000 steps like once, just like that. Wow. I, one of the other things I do, I do a sauna. I used to do a sauna very often. I've gone to yoga retreats. Uh, I do a colonics, you know, like every so often. So I started to take care of myself uh, in a, in a profound way, not just, you know, on the surface, not just a manicure or a pedicure. I did things that people looked at me and said, you did what? And I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took down transcendental meditation, you know, so I, I started to take wow. care of myself and it helped me to focus on, 
you know, I was I, I was writing an article the other day because I interviewed someone about self-awareness. And, you know, you go through these motions, you know, and as a solo mom, you're always fighting. You're always fighting a war. You know, there's always a war, right? And yeah, yeah. there's always a battle. But once you start to stop to look into yourself, because something's got to give, right? And once you start to look into yourself, you realize, wait a minute, if, 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 if I can try to shift from fighting to actually try to live a little you know maybe just maybe take a breath take five minutes things will start to shift a little bit i mean i got involved with you know employee groups at work i was you know doing i was facilitating group situation so i started to do things started to get out of my head on you know not that the situations weren't real but i don't know how to explain it when you live when you push your life in your head then life gets challenging when you keep it up here but when you start to kind of you know focus out it it gets a little better it feels a little better right yeah, I agree with you. Like, um, I mean, we went through lockdown here in Melbourne, um, 265 days or whatever it was. And it was um, just to get out of the house. My view is you don't need to spend loads of money. And if you've got kids with you, I mean, and there were times in lockdown where I couldn't go, I couldn't go anywhere. I have no family, friends who were able to look after my kids. We were in lockdown. We couldn't like shift the kids off to somebody else. So you could have a couple mm-hmm. of hour break and my son wasn't seeing his father. So I take him to the park, take yeah. the kids to the park. They go run around and go crazy. Yeah. And then you basically, you can at least sit and have five minutes of just <sighs> breathing and like, yeah. Or even at home sitting like, I hate to say it, but sometimes iPad is a godsend. I don't like having him on it all the time. But just to get half an hour breather, sitting outside in the sun with a coffee, he's yeah. unhappy on iPad, and then we go in, a, you know, the rest of our world and our life. Um, but, yeah, I agree yes. with you. And there's a lot of things that you can, like, do when you don't have when you don't have your child, but when you do have your kids as well, go out for a bike ride or, or something like that just to get out and get out yeah. of the house, get out of your situation. Yeah, man, yeah. nuts, nuts. Yeah. So, wow, mm-hmm. I don't know, like you've had a hell of a journey, hell of a journey. So what, if you could turn time back and you could talk to your 18-year-old self before you married husband number one and husband number two and husband number three, what would you tell him? What would you tell yourself? Don't even think about marriage. You're not ready. Wow. Yeah, it's true. No, you're not ready. I would have told myself, you need some kind of healing. You need you need some kind of focus before you, you know. But the thing is, you wouldn't answers. be the person you were today if you didn't go through all of that, though. That's the only other thing as well. Isn't true. It? True. Yeah. And I've often thought of that because the, 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 the 
even the fact that life has been the way it has, and I've only just skimmed over my life right now. When I look back, I said, would I really change anything? And I can't see where I would change anything. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really can't see it. Maybe my granddad not dying is the only thing I would want not change, you know, but, but even that would have, you know. No, I know. I know. And it's like, um, it's like crazy though, isn't it? Because I'm similar to you. Like I look back and I go, well, there are times where I go, oh, I wish that hadn't have happened. But if that hadn't have happened, then it's like that slide indoor scenario. Like where would I have been? What would I yeah. be doing? You just don't know. You just can't like say what yeah. you would do. So like, okay, so who's been, well, who or what has been your biggest influence to get you through all of the stuff that you've had to deal with? I'm going to say Tony Robbins. I've been wow, following, okay. yeah, I've been following him for a long time. I mean, maybe 30 years. And yeah, the big T. Yes. And every time, and, and the time when I was doing my reflection and, you know, trying not to blame other people for my misfortune, mm. it was him I focused on. It was him and um, Joel Austin. And okay, yeah, so I went through Joel Austin's book, uh, Your Best Life Now, and I went through the journaling with that. And but I read, I listened to all of Tony Robbins' CD, you know, and and his um, you know, he had all these, yeah, two of them, and I went through all the sets, right? And I was thinking to myself that if if he believes that, and I, I listened to his story and how he started, and he he gave me the power to believe that it could happen for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. because when I mean, go- and, and and the big tell, the big to- the big Tony, um, like his mum was an addict, wasn't mm-hmm. she? And um, he would live out he at one stage uh, got kicked out of the house and was living out of his car and mm-hmm. was basically reading um self personal development stuff and, yes. and things like that um yeah. to try and improve him and who he is so he's not like i mean he's a multi billionaire if billionaire i'm not sure if he's a billionaire or a millionaire but he's got like 30 odd companies and mm-hmm. you know he's done really he's a driven person done really well yeah. for himself i know i know i know i'm the same as you right i've read the books got the cds and you know listen i've still got them here right so yeah. <laughs> um yeah like it, it's amazing and I, i've got to say when i was in my dark times i don't i mean i'm i, I had in i had youtube and stuff like that but i don't know about you but like i always if I was depressed or needing to look to go somewhere, like I, I just felt lost and like just blah is the only way I could describe it and just exhausted, I would go on YouTube and I would find up positive statements. I mean, mm-hmm. Jim Carrey, I love Jim Carrey. I think he's awesome. He's an awesome actor, awesome artist. I love his artwork. Um and you know and he's had his challenges right he's not no saint okay by any stretch of the imagination but there are certain things that he's you know positive things that he said tony robbins we've got a guy over here um called Kerwin ray who's um 
He's another guy who's awesome at like, you know, just saying he's got ADHD, he was an addict, and he's made several, several multi-million dollar businesses. There's various different things if you – and so it was actually listening to that positive, driven thing mm-hmm. that, you know, although I'm watching and listening it, I'm getting out of my funk, as it were, yes. and sort of going, well, these guys have done it. Why can't I? Yes. Yes. So, so what did what did you take on board then from those from the people that you were reading and listening to? What did you take on board to to adapt and change your mindset then? To well, what were you doing? Because you mentioned journaling. Now I know like journaling is quite big out there, but what what was what were you what was your journaling as such? Well, I've been journaling from I was little, like from I was a little girl. Oh, I mean, wow. you know, yeah, I didn't start when it was popular. Um, I started by drawing stick figures. That was my journaling. Oh. And then and then once I could write, I started to journal. So I've been journaling, you know, I'm 61 and I've been journaling for, you know, close to 60 years. So um I I just Right. I write poetry. I used to write a lot of poems, you know, whatever came out of my head. <laughs> I just wrote it yeah. down. And, and, so, so that, and so it's a way of getting it out of your body, is it? So like you said earlier, like it's just getting stuff out of your head, yes. getting out of your head. Yes. If I had a headache because I was thinking too much, I grabbed a pen and a piece of paper and wrote. And when I was finished writing, I no longer had a headache. And I have wow. done that exercise over and over and over again, and it has never failed me. That would give me a headache, I think, having to write <laughs> like that. But because <laughs> I would go, oh my god, because like, yeah, English was never my forte at school. I was a maths figures and facts, and like, you know. But um, but I, I've got to agree with you. Like, if I'm ever worried or concerned about anything. I just write lists, pros and cons, get it all out on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't don't know if it's a female thing, but whether it's like just getting it out of your body so that you can um, process it. I don't know. How do you deal with it? Is that what you do, get it out and process it? So, yes. So I just get it out on paper. I just have it. It it feels like. And when the expert talk about it, I understand because it just feel like you have this weight on your shoulder and writing in a journal, writing it down, just takes it off your shoulder, right? Doesn't change much, but it takes it off your shoulder. The other benefit I find with journaling is that when you, because I do this a lot, is when you review what you've written, whether it's five years before, 10 years before, 20 years before, you realize, one, how far you've come. Two, nothing's changed. <laughs> Three, <laughs> man, did I really do that? So, you wow. know, it, it gives you some food for thought, you know. Um, I'll give you an example. I actually wrote a blog post about this. I love to write. Um, so when I first became a real estate agent, the, 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 the broker who, tra- who trained me told me, um, we just want you to take your time and learn the first year because no real, real estate agent make a sale the first year. Right. And I'm listening to her going, I made four sales that year, but, but before I did all of that, 
I had written in my journal, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to mix, I'm going to sell 1 million in real estate this year. Right. And I did 2 million. Now, when I reviewed what I written, what I wrote, I realized what I meant was I was going to make 2 million in income, but that's not what I wrote. Yeah. Follow. And no, but what, yeah. <laughs> so I said I was gonna make I was gonna sell. So the value of the real estate I sold was two million. I didn't right. make I didn't make the million dollars because that's not what I said I wanted. I said I wanted to sell a million dollars in real estate. Do you, do you get the difference? Okay. And when I was reviewing that years later, I realized. When you, like Tony Robbins said, you must be specific in your goals. Do you follow? So even if I yeah, made, no. yeah, a, a portion of a million dollars, I would have reached my goal. But my goal wasn't because I didn't write it down that I wanted to earn a million dollars. I wrote that I want to sell a million dollars. Do you follow? So journaling helps me in that way. I also wanted to point out that when after my third divorce, when I was reviewing all the different things that, you know, went wrong, one of the exercises I did that Tony Robbins suggested was when you're looking for a mate, not that I was looking for a mate at that time, but I, I wanted to review, right? He said, he said something like, if you you know, everybody say, I want a good man, but are you a good woman? Right. And, and he said, look, make a list. What is it you're looking for in a man? Make a list. Then on one side, on the other side, make a list of, do you have those qualities? You're looking for a kind man. Are you a kind woman? And I did that exercise. I really did that exercise and I took it seriously. And like I said, I wasn't looking for a man, but Whatever it is I was looking for in another person to give to me, I wanted to be that person to that person, you know, to someone. Do you follow? And so I found that exercise really beneficial to me as a person because it helped me to grow. It helped me to, one, do an inventory of who I am as a person and then working on the stuff that I wasn't happy with. Yes. No, and I agree with you. Um, It. I, like I'm four years out, I'm very happy on my own. I maybe I will find a man now. I'm saying I don't want a bloody man, but like I'm happy. <laughs> um, coming out the woodworks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Here we go. It's like oh, we'll be bombarded. But like no, but I'm quite happy. Um, I've been on my own for four years now. I'm very happy. I've got awesome mates, male and female, and I'm, my time's busy. I've got like a seven-year-old in a week's time um and so life is busy and I'm out and I'm doing things and I sort of don't want anyone coming into my life and imposing into my life as such yeah but I know what you say right it's about looking at you and going okay well what's what do I want me what I want in my life what do I want to be able to impart from me to my son um there's addiction within my past relationships, not my addiction, but like uh, my ex-partners are addicts 
And so it was about breaking that cycle. So my, my son's father um, is an alcoholic and basically it's about breaking that cycle so that, you know, my son has the best chance of being able to be who he wants to be without having to deal with the addictions and all of the other stuff that goes with that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was about looking at yourself and going, how do you improve yourself? Yeah. Yes. No, I, yeah. Wow. Well, I've got to say, a mate of mine, so I'm 51, so there's 10 years difference between you and me, but you look a hell of a lot better than I do. Um, no, and, uh, <laughs> and um yeah, no, and when I was 22, a friend of mine bought me a, t- a Tony Robbins self uh, um, unlimited power. I think was the book unlimited that uh, my friend, yeah. he was an ex boyfriend, but a friend um, bought me. And so I like, he said, here you go, have this. I think you need this. And yeah. when I read that like when way back when, and um, yeah, you have to keep reviewing it. You can't like, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta be on top of all of this stuff. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So I understand completely like completely what you're doing. So like, tell us what you're doing now. Cause I'm like <coughs> fascinated with what you're doing now. I'm very jealous, but I'm fascinated with what Don't you're doing. Be. now. Oh. Um, <laughs> so oh, I have this really bad habit of <sighs> things happening to me. And I just keep you know, I can't let go of stuff or stuff won't let go of me. Right. So I started this podcast. Um, I'm a solo mom and I really wanted to go on this journey and hear other people's story. But the the journey to the podcast and the subs- subsequent years since was tough. It was difficult. And, and I'd say 90% of it was mindset. So I'm wow. a big mindset I'm a big mindset fan, you know, I call myself the mindset maven just because of that. I realized that we hold ourselves back with the mind, right? So I'm doing, so that's why I started the second podcast, those are the podcast trade, because I started a meetup group of new podcasters or aspiring podcasters. And I, I, I saw the answers they were asking. I, I, I you know, I, I hear them and I am like, that was me like three, four, five, six years ago. And so I have this meetup group that I meet with every now and again and answer questions. Uh, I love to write. So I blog, I blog quite a bit. I've blogged the medium. And as a matter of fact, I'm right in the middle of creating a course. It's funny you should mention journaling on the gratitude journal. Monday, wow, okay. Monday is um, World Mental Health Day, so it's, it's something I'm doing for you know, in honor of that to rec- recognize that. But you're in control of your own destiny, aren't you? Really, now yeah. because you don't, you're not working for a company or anything mm-hmm. like that. You're actually in self-employed, basically working for yourself. I'm working for myself, and actually, I'm working from Mexico right now. So I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> Because you can work anywhere you want. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which I'm pretty jealous about. <laughs> you live in Australia. You shouldn't be jealous of anybody. Well, I know. Everybody's but, jealous of you. <laughs> but I have a day job, right? I have a day job that I have to go to. I Like this podcasting is a hobby for me, which is great and a fantastic hobby. Um, 
But yeah, no. So anyone out there who's listening, I'd love to do this full time. But um, but you know, like um, yeah, it it'll get there. It'll be eventually, you know. Yes. But um, but yeah. So okay. So so hey, look, if people wanted to get in contact with you, if my listeners want to get in contact with you or find out what you're doing and stuff like that, or listen to your podcast, are your podcast still active? Yes. Um, They're still but, active, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, yeah. I can resist it. It's like not no, sleeping I if I don't post. So, yeah, Tools of the Podcast Trade, if you want to listen to podcast experts. And Solo Moms Talk, if you want to hear Solo Moms stories. And they're quite interesting. Um, and a couple of blogs, Solomon Talks, and each of each podcast have their own blog and their own YouTube channel. So, you know. So just basically, if people put in Solo Moms or Talk and Tools of the Podcast Trade, if they put those into Google, then your stuff should come up, shouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it pops like about, you know, 10, the first 10, I mean, um, what you may call it, will come up. This yeah, thing, and I'll yeah. put I'll put the links in the in the blurb anyway into um, you know people sure and look if there's any single moms out there who want to come along and talk to you get in touch with you yeah yes definitely we're st- I'll, I'll always interview a solo mom always yeah 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 no we need to get them out there because there's yeah. other solo moms and dads who are out there who think they're the only ones going through mm-hmm. this life you know. that we're dealing with mm-hmm. and basically um yeah we need yeah. to uh we need to say you're not the only ones we've been through it don't worry yeah. we stayed sane it was all good yeah. it's hard it's a roller coaster but it's good it's all yeah. right don't worry not about alone. it yeah <laughs> well that's why i started this podcast anyway so look um final question for you final question um jay rosemary and I think I know the answer to it, but hey-ho. Um, what book would you recommend to my listeners and why? Who Moved My Cheese? But you didn't, you weren't expecting that one. Who Moved My Cheese? No. <laughs> it's, yeah, wow. it's a story of finding your balance when life's pulled the rug from under you yeah it, wow. it, it's it's about mice <laughs> it's about mice, and <laughs> you know who you know were busy looking they always went for the cheese cheese was always there and one day the cheese was not there and the book talks about how some reacted and how some you know how, how they reacted differently. Like these two mice, they reacted, each one reacted differently to the situation. And I felt like as solo moms, when if, if the man leaves us, like my husband got up on walk, I, I didn't even, you know, <laughs> I didn't even know. The rug was pulled from under me. So was I going to just fall and die? Or I was going to get up and brush my, myself off and look for work and, you know, take care of my kids. And so that—that's yeah, why. Yeah, and what they say is, book. yeah, and what they say is like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. So it's like, you just got to get out there and do. It. I mean, really, I look at some of the things that we go through as single parents, and I just go, 
Well, we got we got superpowers, people. <laughs> like you know, we're just um, you know, we just get on with mm-hmm. it. And where you at? And you have to. You got little people, yeah. you know, depending on you. They like look up to you and think, well, you know. And it's hard. Yeah. And there are times where you like lose it because your kids won't go to bed and they're running around the ice going nuts and and stuff like that. But that's that's why I called this podcast Strong, Single and Human, mm-hmm. right? Because we're strong, we're single, but we are yeah, human yes. at the end of the day. Yeah. And we've got to stop punishing ourselves and start looking at the positives and being grateful for what we've yeah. got and getting on with it and saying, well, how do I improve on what I've got? Change our mindset, change our states, yeah. set our goals and move ourselves yeah, forward, yeah. just like you did. Yeah. And now you're working for yourself in Mexico, doing having the best life. I am, yeah. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. God love you. God love you. Well, look, um, I, I'm thinking it must be nighttime in Mexico. I'm trying to think whereabouts not on the blooming timeline you guys are. It's six thirty. Yes. Oh, it's not too yes. bad. It's time for dinner and a glass there of you wine. Go. And it's time for dinner evening. and a glass of wine. <laughs> God love yeah. you. And it's like half past ten here for me. But look, um. Thank you for coming on board, telling us your story, telling us how you got through it and how you stay sane and stuff. And, um, yeah, maybe I can come on your podcast, Solo yes, Mum. I'm a solo mum. Yeah, so we should sort out our time me. and get, yeah, get on your yes. podcast. Yeah, well, I'll send you when, the link. When, yeah, when we can, like, clear up our time frames between Mexico and Melbourne, yeah. but like, yeah, no, that would be awesome. Look, I'm going to let you get on with your evening. Cause I'm sure there's a glass of wine calling your name. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us your story. I appreciate it, Claire. I am so happy to be here. I'm really honored. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast. Hi, this is Matt Joe Gow, and you're listening to Radio Karam, which is local community internet radio. And uh, we were having a chat about community radio earlier and how important it is to Melbourne, how important it is to the scene here, the music scene, but also the wider community. So check out Radio Karam, tune in. Called TAD to remodel my place. Said I wanted it to be that kind of place. Knee deep in the Renault, sinking in our fights. Other shonky builders waking me up at night. And Adam plays the boss man. He listens to the customer Don't you remember He built this kitchen He built this kitchen with T-A-D We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T-A-D We built this kitchen 
We built this kitchen with T.A.D.